Are you a lyricist looking to attract killer melody writers? Here's how to make yourself songwriter sexy. Listen up. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you get leverage in the music industry. You know, the bad news is that not going to do it for you. You can't be a big diamond in the rough where they're going to come knock on your door and turn you into a star. The good news is you get to do it yourself and you don't need anybody's permission, but it's going to require leverage, which is why we called it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. See what we did there? See what we did? Did you catch that? Did you get that? (laughs) That's a Baxter name by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones last year. And what I love about the man is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular, he gets you connected with the pro so you can create relationships, create co-writes, and climb up that ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Although if we could clone him, we would. <laughs> What's happening, man? How's it going, Johnny? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. What are we going to learn today? Well, dude, okay, so uh, we had a question sent in to the Songwriting Pro Facebook group. I had one of the song pros over there tag me in a post, ask me a question about, hey, how can you write lyrics that attract composers? Like, how can you write your lyrics in a way that more people want to work with you? I thought, that is a great question. I gave him a quick answer there on the post, but I thought, man, that's worth a whole podcast. Like, we can dig into this. So that's what we're going to do today. So if you're a lyricist or just want to write better lyrics, even if you write melody as well, Listen up. This one's for you. Awesome. All right. Well, first, let's take care of a little business here. As Mm -hmm. always, we're super stoked to be a part of the 36-year-old brand name, 37-year-old brand name now, American Songwriter Magazine's Podcast Network, ASPN. Mm -hmm. And listen, I mean, we're proud to be one of the flagship shows that came over to this podcast network. If you followed us to because you were a climber first before we switched over there, check out some of those other shows on that platform. There's some good ones on there. And if you found us on American Songwriter, then, well, by all means, come on in. Welcome to the climb. Yeah. I'm getting lots of friend requests from musicians and stuff that aren't like weird things. And I think that must be coming from that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, make sure you join the climb community because, listen, this is a cool, thriving community. Lots of people joining. Mm-hmm. And this is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. We're getting international co-writes that are happening that are creating success. They're getting syncs. People asking questions and sharing stories about how they did this and how they did that you know, promotion-wise and, and different little hacks that they got in their own music careers. And they're putting mm-hmm. that up there. And we couldn't be more proud of it. We're trying to post up different like relevant news stories for you guys and stuff yep. and be a, somewhat of a filter for you so that if we put it up there, you know, it's 
important and you should probably read it. That's right. And get your take on it, which a lot of people do. So you do that. And hey, you can't be spamming and jamming everywhere. It's all killer, no filler. But we do have a place where you can put your wins, right? That's right. So we have Music Monday, which is where we encourage you to share as a comment under the Music Monday post to share your music. If you have a new single out, if you have a new demo, whatever it is, a work tape, something you want to share, that is a nice spot where people can find it but it doesn't take over the feed, you know, if you know what I mean. We also yeah. have New Heights, which we post every Wednesday. So it's where we encourage you to post your wins for the week. Whatever kind of music-related wins, big or small, we love them all. We want to celebrate them with you. That's uh, one of our more active posts, uh, which is awesome. I love seeing people comment on each other's wins and celebrating and high-fiving, all that good stuff. So this one I want to share uh, at the time of this recording, pretty recent one. This is from climber Tracy Lip. Says, here's one from me. I just signed Tracy. New- Tracy, that's right. This says, here's one for me. I just signed a new deal with Warner Chapel for seven album project today. I'm co-writing with a Finnish heavy metal band Lordy or Lordi. They're on the German metal label AFM, and I even got an advance. That's rare these days. This stuff Advanced. sounds great so far. <laughs> Dude, Dude, crushing Tracy, it. I love that. That is spectacular. So I know Tracy and. Johnny, you know each other. He's done a consultation with you before, so you know have a little bit more low down on Tracy. But yeah, I mean he's legit over in, he, uh, over in Europe. He's worked with a lot of different labels. Um, mm-hmm. I think mainly Warner Chapel's been or Warner's been one of the main ones. And as a producer, and we've had talks about ways to market uh, a young artist he was working with named Ipa out there, mm-hmm. who's fan. Fantastic. And working with her, helping her, helping write songs. I think he's producing her too and stuff like that. So, um, And then I know he's been associated with Lordy for a while. So those guys are huge in Europe. Um, and so he's having a good time with that. That's cool. awesome. Legit. So totally two more legit. real quick before we go. So congrats, Tracy. Keep on climbing in. Johnny Matt yes, Music uh, said, my question and song title both made the Climb podcast. Shout out to Johnny for a great consultation today. So Thank you. Good job, John. Thank you. You didn't write them off. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> and the last one we'll share today is Paul, it looks like a C chord, says, I got a cut on the Goodwin Brothers upcoming Bluegrass album. I'm pretty pumped about it. They crushed it. So awesome, Paul. Congrats, congrats. On, the, on the Bluegrass cut. So, man, people get cuts, yeah. people getting deals, people just having good consultations, people finishing songs and making connections. It's beautiful. Congratulations. I hope all of y'all keep on climbing. So if you're not a member of the climb community, come on in, request your join. We have a nice community. I mean, this is people are posting on each other's wins, saying congratulations and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's great. It's just a nice growing community. So come yeah, on everybody's there supporting everybody else. I love that part. Yes. And sometimes we get into some deep conversations yeah. and you know what? I got to give shout out to all the climbers in the climb community because sometimes some controversial stuff will come up in there when it comes to music or whatever. Uh-huh. And everybody is, um, what's the word I want to look for? Like, respectful, just, just, cool decorum, respectful. Yeah, man. It's just, it, I really, I really like that. Nobody gets stupid in there. So we got the <laughs> smartest people in our community. I can tell you that right now. I'm brag on them. <laughs> oh, that's good. But anyway, subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast. So you get every episode in order. So you don't want to miss anything. You want to make sure that you're getting everything that you want to hear. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200. We'll read it on the air. We read them all. Hopefully, it'll be a five-star. But if it's a one-star, we read those, too. We own up to it. <laughs> and and finally, get a laugh out of it. listen, tell a friend about it. We're so grateful for the time that you guys give us. We really, really are. We don't take that lightly. But we also know that the only reason we get that kind of attention from you is for a reason. It, it's because you're finding the content valuable. And, man, if you're spending the time there, then let somebody else know. Because if it comes from you, 
It's 100% true. If it comes from us, it's 50% true, right? That is right. That is right. So, All right. Let's get down to the nitty gritty on this. All right. So there's a guy in my songwriting pro community. He might be in the climb community as well. I'm in and out of so many of those groups so much. Sometimes folks are in both. So he may be a climber as well. If not, I hope he is. I'll tell him to check this episode out. But Frank Desenzo said, uh, can you give us lyricists some of the ways we can write lyrics that attract composers and make it easier for the collaborations to work? So Frank's a lyricist and... He's like, how can I write lyrics that attract more co-writers? How can I have better bait to get more bites on my hooks, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's look at that analogy. So, um, didn't know that was going to go there when I started that hey. with the hooks thing. All right, there we go. Ba-dum-psh. Hey, so Frank and anyone else that is listening to this, because I know this is something that's come up in some of my song feedbacks that I do and private coaching and stuff. This is relevant for a lot of people I know more than just Frank. So, assuming your goal is to write great songs get cuts okay this is kind of where i'm i'm looking at but a lot of this is relevant even if you just want to write great songs you could give a rip about the commercial marketplace but the first one is definitely commercial oriented first thing is to study the lyrics in your target market so learn how those lyrics are constructed if you want to be a hit country songwriter look and study hit country song lyrics classic country song lyrics Mm -hmm. know how they're constructed they're going to be constructed differently than maybe a jazz lyric or bluegrass lyric or a pop lyric or a hip-hop lyric they're going to be some differences you want to notice things like rhyme schemes yes rhyme schemes matter and you need to have a rhyme scheme if you're doing commercial music our ears are tuned to hear rhymes if you don't rhyme you better have a really good reason but it's one of those things where you need to learn exactly how to rhyme in really good ways to rhyme so that once you learn that then you can learn when to not rhyme and make that an effective tool, not just because you didn't know how to rhyme. So you want to check out rhyme schemes. You want to notice how long the songs are. Are the songs super wordy or are they not? Notice the use of imagery. Country music has lots of images in it. And so if that's what you want to write, you need to build what's appropriate for the market and learn how to use imagery. Practice that. You want to notice the subject matter. You know, country music, tailgates, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that works in country. Maybe it works too much. And you want to pay attention to that too. But you just want to study your target market. Back when I was in college, I remember I was I had an apartment during grad school. And inside like all of my uh, cabinet doors and maybe outside some of my little kitchenette in my little one bedroom apartment, I'd printed off lyrics of just songs that I thought were super cool, super cool lyrics. I'd, I'd type them up, I'd print them off. And I had them like where I just see them all the time and could read bits of lyric and just study it and just have that input coming in all the time. Super important. If you want to build a championship race car, you need to know how championship race cars are built, right? Mm -hmm. You think somebody comes in and goes, oh, I've never built one before, but let's go ahead and build this sucker. No, you study and you break down what's working. Yep. And what's not. You study. So you understand the physics. You understand how this thing is built to do a certain thing. You need to study the lyrics in your target market. And then also, I mean, it definitely helps to study stuff outside your market so you can bring something fresh maybe to the market. But you definitely want to have a good base in your target market, whatever that happens to be for you. So that's the first thing. Study, steady, steady, which should be fun because you should love your target market. If you don't love your target market, maybe you need to pick a different target market. <laughs> yeah. Saying, game, I mean, hopefully right? I don't need to say that, but, you know. <laughs> you never know. Yep. So number two is you want to develop strong titles and ideas. So if you're bringing in lyrics and not bringing in melody, then your ideas and your lyrics sure need to be strong because that's why you're there. That doesn't mean they always- Song title challenge. Song title challenge. Right. Title 
challenge. So you don't always have to write your idea. I was writing with an artist uh, yesterday, I guess, at the time of this. And man, I studied the artist. I, well, I've had cuts with that artist before. So I, you know, I know his wheelhouse, but I went ahead and studied up on the Just new Gord. stuff and do what? Gord Branford. Uh, Gord Banford. Yeah, I was right with Gord yesterday. And so yeah. I came loaded for bear. I'd been over a period of a couple of weeks as I'm doing my song title challenges going, could this fit for Gord? And listen to his newer stuff that, you know, I didn't know as well. And just studying him, studying his lane, just to refresh and make sure he hadn't taken any hard left turns since last time I listened to something of his and, and pulled out ideas that I thought were very cool and fresh and appropriate for him and his brand. And I came in loaded for bear. What do we end up writing through our conversation? I end up saying something just in conversation. He goes, oh, that sounds like a cool title. And we end up writing (laughs) that. And so it was starting from zero. But that's okay. That's okay. But listen, if I just showed up and said, I don't really have any ideas, that'd be a bad look. And he likes some other ideas. I think we're going to put a pin in it, maybe come back to one or two of those that we had tossed around. But sometimes when something comes up in the room, there's just a, a different energy to it. Yeah. And so is there something he latched on to? Like, great, but I did my homework. So if you're in the room, it's because you know what to do with lyrics and ideas. And so if you can bring that to the party, then I say, you know, your ideas and your lyrics need to be strong. So by strong, like what does strong mean? To me, that means having fresh ideas. So whatever your title is, you have a compelling angle to take that. So yes, Johnny, song title challenge, right? That's something you need to be doing on the Mm -hmm. regular to find the best angles for your titles. That's a superpower. It is. It will set you apart from the competition. Yeah. Hold on. Can I jump in for a second? Yeah, man. We are really hyping on Patrick Adams and those boys. But, uh, and Brad, what, Hacker? Brad Hacker and Chris uh, Tiscarino. I'm sorry if I'm saying that. There you go. And so, you know, they wrote that song, and through the song title challenge, they had this sort of very mundane, very predictable title Mm -hmm. that I promise you, it's like a setup where everybody can, like, oh, I know where this is going to go, yawn. And then it's so different that it doesn't work. And you already got some feedback on that from like an A&R guy who was just like, okay, that was really clever. That was a cool I was angle. That was prepared to hate it. Yeah, that was yeah. fresh. I hadn't heard that yet. And I love the way that kind of turned out. That was really cool. Well, if you're a lyricist and you're trying to get co-writes and you're trying to attract melody people, man, can you imagine if you had, you know, at least a verse and a, and a chorus of that sort of written out and you brought that into a melody person who just is going to be, you're going to be undeniable. Like, Oh, yeah, I want in on that. I get strong, to put a melody yeah. to that. Yeah. Yo, you know yeah. what I mean? So song title challenge, that's where that came from. Otherwise yeah. you were going to write a really competitive song that was never going to get cut because that kind of meatball across the plate. They're just going to let the artists write that. Exactly. They don't need us to write that. It could be a well-crafted mediocre song <laughs> like it'd be good okay well crafted they already brought in like a good melody and a title i hadn't heard before but still one that works in the country world so it's not weird but just one i hadn't quite heard before but yeah it would be like oh okay i've heard a bunch of these though but we yeah. had to serve up something that AR person hadn't heard a bunch of before so you get a chance to have a fighting chance and that's all you can really do is just try to give yourself a fighting chance and so, yeah, you want to have fresh ideas. You want to have compelling ideas. So you can have a fresh idea that no one's done before, but it's so weird that no one really cares or it's so specific that people aren't moved by it or it's so heady that it's just intellectual and it's not really emotional. So you want to find compelling ideas, meaning it evokes a response like, oh, it makes me want to laugh, cry, dance, or sit down and ponder life. Yeah. Ideas not just like, oh, that's interesting, 
nobody ever stood in line for a concert for an hour white because that song, man, it's just, that was interesting. That was an interesting idea. I'm going to stand in line. You know, I can't wait to go drop 20 bucks on a t-shirt. No, it was like, we want something that moves us. So sometimes lyricists, we can get kind of, and I've definitely done this, kind of get up in my head and, oh, that's interesting. That's different. But it's ultimately, it's not really commercial, compelling. It's just a thought experiment. And then, you know, go through those steps and that's fine. But it's the ultimate point to move somebody and to compel Mm -hmm. them, right? So an idea that gets a reaction. The other thing is to, uh, that makes a strong idea is an idea that's appropriate for your target market. So it makes sense for a country artist, for a pop artist, for a hip hop artist. Like, does that make sense in that world, in that market, on that radio station? Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, there can be like CCM songs. Those ideas would not be appropriate in pop rock. Right. It's a straight up Jesus song or whatever. And I'm a sinner and I need to be saved kind of thing wouldn't maybe not be appropriate in the pop market. Like, Unless you do the reverse of what they did on South Park. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> right. Yeah. Where Carmen, where Carmen's like, we're going to be a Christian man. Well, how, we don't know anything about how to write about the, sure. You just take all the pop songs and wherever they say, baby, you put Jesus. Exactly. I love you. Jesus. <laughs> so if you just take wherever they put Jesus and, and put baby, then bam, you're a pop song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that changes the whole meaning. So then it becomes appropriate. Uh, just like yeah. a, a panty dropper love song is not appropriate for CCM. Okay. So that's not going to make sense. It has its, its place. Yeah, I said that. Uh, I'm, I'm rubbing off on you, Brent. I'm like, appropriate yeah. for this anymore. Anyway. Um, I love how you're the black sheep in your writing trio for Southern Gospel. Exactly. I'm the, I'm the edgy one. Oh, we can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, that's too edgy. Oh, man. Then when I want to feel not edgy, I just hang out with Johnny. So, <laughs> no, everything's okay. Yeah. I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. You're fine. <laughs> I'm still a man of God. <laughs> Johnny's having a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny's having a moment. <laughs> all right. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. All right. So, uh, yes. So, we got so far study the lyrics in your target market so you know what's appropriate. And then you know what's fresh, you know, so you know what's out there. So you know if this has been done a bazillion times or not. So you can develop strong ideas and titles. A fresh title is money. You bring in, oh, the house that built me. Even if we don't have any other parts of it, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Just like yeah. our last song title challenge on Friday, Heart Like a Mason Jar from uh, Will Gunnell. You're like, yeah, ooh, huh. I make sure Where's he going to go with that? that? Yeah. Where is he going to go with that? Yeah. So that's a, that's a basis. That's where you're starting. The other thing is you want to use fresh language. So even if you have an interesting idea or title, you can kill your potential co-writer's interest if you fill that lyric with cliches and boring, overused rhymes. You want to keep it fresh. You want to say, sometimes you just want to say the same old thing that's been said a million times. You want to say it in a fresh way. That's big. Yeah. That can bring the most out of your less compelling titles. I've seen, and I use, I've used this story a bunch, but on Brad Paisley's second record, I loved his first record, bought it, loved it. Second record was coming out. I knew I was going to get it, even though I'd only knew maybe you're going to miss this. The Fishing Song was mm-hmm. the first single. And that was the only thing I knew because before you could go listen to everything, really. Right. But I knew I was going to go to Walmart. I was going to buy a second record because I liked his first record. And I go and I get it and I flip it over. Of course, first thing I'm doing is looking at the track list. You know, these songs I've never heard before except for the one single. And 
I was like, oh boy, I was a little concerned. Some of these titles were like, All You Need Is Love. I'm like, I don't think that's a Beatles cover. <laughs> uh, I Wish yeah. You'd Stay. You know, You're Going to Miss This. Some of these titles that were like, not super compelling. I was like, I don't know, man. That's I don't know. But then I put it in, and you give you second thoughts, like you thought. You, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I was like, I don't know. These don't sound super compelling from the titles. But then you put it in, and he puts his Brad Paisley lyrical yeah, sensibility right. on it. And you're like, okay, that's really cool. Like all you need is love. Was a joke about a wedding, about just you're going to get married. You want me to play? Well, just remember, all you need is love and a preacher and a license and a, you know rings. And, and he starts listening to all this stuff that goes into a wedding and of course a PA system, if you want me to sing and all this, it's just this fun barn burner, fun song, but just remember all you need is love. And so it was sarcastic and it was funny yeah. and unexpected. I was like, okay, that was, that was super compelling. That was awesome. You know, compelling just because it made me laugh and I didn't see that coming from this, all you need is love title. You're like, wah, wah. Oh no. Right. Okay. That's great. Well, if you're going to do it like that, or I'm going to miss her. And you're like, I don't know. I'm going to miss her. Yeah, that's what every song's about. Then you realize, oh, it's a fishing song. I was fishing too much. She made an ultimatum between, if you go fishing again, I'm out of here. If you're gone today, he's like, I'm going to miss her when I get home. (laughs) And it was hilarious. It it put him over, right? (laughs) And so you're like, boring title, amazing hit song that really took his career to the next level. So again, not the best title but man the angle on it and the language is super compelling and that's what you got to bring to it. so you want to use fresh language you don't want to say it as plain as you can say it most of the time you want to find a little different way to put some zing on it all right here's another thing that's super super important it all is though i guess you want to develop a strong sense of phrasing so phrasing is how the syllables are emphasized in a line so it's not the number of syllables we don't count syllables but we want the lines to have a certain kind of rhythm to them, a little kind of a beat. So, for example, sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. All right, what's the phrasing? Sing, song, piano. All right. Sing us a song, you're the piano man. This is the way that phrases. Sing right. us a song, you're the piano man. Boom, boom, boom. Right, it's so kind of a three beat. Sing, song, piano. Sing us a song tonight. So it's like a three beat. Sing us a song tonight. We're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got us feeling all right. So all of that chorus has like a three-beat kind of phrasing. Sing us a uh-huh. song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. And guess We're what? All it's in, in the mood a for a melody. Meter. You've got us feeling all right. It swings, right? It's a triple meter. Yeah, yeah. And so that's one thing. and that's But that's very different than... Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my window down and cruise. Yeah. Very different phrase, right? I'd burn this whole town down if it wasn't for my mama's house. My mama's house. You know, so <laughs> just the lyric, it, there's a different kind of phrasing and a bounce and a rhythm to the words that you can have, even if it doesn't have that melody yet. It has a a sense of rhythm in the words and the way that you read it. So oftentimes I'll read it out loud to my co-writers and you should read it out loud to yourself. Do I trip over these words? Where are the natural rhythms? Does it sound clunky? Am I having trouble reading it? Even if you put like a metronome mm-hmm. on or a little drum machine or a little loop or something and just kind of read it over mm-hmm. the top of it and see how just the beats oh, that's feel. that's a good Even idea. Not yeah. melodies, like, can I read on top of this thing where it's going to sound like it wants to sound and it booms and it pops? It's going to sound like it's going to sing. Yeah. Almost like you're rapping it, right? 
can I kind of wrap this? Yeah. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Boom. And so they can have different phrases. It's not, we don't have one phrase because baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise is different than I'd burn this whole town down. Pick a spot, dig a yeah. hole and put the masters in the ground. You know, it's different. So phrasing is super important. I have a question. I want to go back a little bit to words. Like when you're yeah. talking about using fresh words, uh-huh. do you have any kind of tool in your toolbox that you use when you get stuck on a word or, or a way that you want to say something where you're like, I got to find a different way to say this. Is there some sort of creative little process that you go through? Sitting and staring at it. I mean, hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, climbers, welcome to some help. That's right. We want to turn you on to a professional service by our sponsor, BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com. Listen, as singers, songwriters, and artists, our greatest strength is sometimes our greatest weakness, and that is our emotional intensity. Listen, it helps you create great art, but it can also torpedo not just your career, but your life. And we don't want the bad stuff. We just want the great art. We want your emotions to be a source of help, not hurt. And that brings us to BetterHelp.com. Sorry, guys, it's not a crisis line. This is not a self-help line. This is a professional counseling service that's done securely online. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. And as an artist and as somebody who deals with artists, the licensed professional counselors that they have, the stuff they specialize in, I'm going to read you just a quick little list. I've had to deal with all these at one point or another, either myself or with other artists. So this is real stuff. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trouble sleeping. A lot of us have had traumas, anger, family conflicts. If LGBTQ matters, grief from loss is something, a loved one maybe. And and just about every artist I know, I don't, I don't think I know one that doesn't secretly have a little self-esteem issue going on. So here's somebody you can talk to. That's right. And you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. So you don't have to wait long to start talking to somebody. Also, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is great. I'm always happy to see that. And the service is available for clients worldwide, meaning 
You don't have to just find somebody local who understands you, but that you might run into at the grocery store. You can find counselors worldwide, so it doesn't matter where you are. That's right, guys. If you want to dig down a little deeper on this, there's a ton of testimonials that you can research that are on their website at betterhelp.com. And this podcast is just because we want you to win. We don't want this stuff to get in the way of your artist career. So if this can help, then we want to help you help yourself. So as a climber, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash songwriter. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash songwriter. I mean, in the past, I've used thesauruses, synonyms, that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. find different words for different things. I haven't used one of those in forever. I don't have any problem with it, though. But that might be a, a way just to find what's a different word for anxiety. Oh, worry. Duh. Okay. Duh. Yeah, I can use that. So sometimes yeah. that may ping an idea that's a different word that may be more euphonious, a word that may sing better, or word that fits in the phrasing I've developed so far, that sort of thing. Other than that, man, we're just trying different stuff. And it's amazing how if you're in the room and there's starting to be a melody, and so you're starting to get that phrasing, because you know I kind of know what this works and the kind of structure I'm working in. Sometimes it's that phrasing, because you're going dun, 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 will kind of sometimes give you the word because you already have the bounce and the kind of the syllables and the rhythm of it mm-hmm, will sometimes mm-hmm. will help guide you on kind of what the shape of that box is that you're trying to fill up. And sometimes that'll ping an idea. So no, just sitting in, it's just practice of using words and trying to find different words a lot and different ways of saying stuff, just working that muscle, working that muscle and trusting my brain to bring it to, <laughs> to me yeah. when I need it. You know, okay, brain, I'm counting on you. Yeah. Anytime, anytime now. Anytime now, come on. <laughs> like, this is really what we are because we're trying to think of something we haven't thought of before. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do for a living. What do you do? I think of stuff I haven't thought of before in, in so many ways. <laughs> and how I'm at the mercy of that is really weird, right? Because yeah. it doesn't hit me until it hits me. And even if in retrospect, it looks like so obvious, which is kind of in a way what you want. It's not until it is. And so you just keep working that muscle. So another thing is to write a lot. And try to expand your vocabulary. And sometimes, you know, words, I've had publishers ping me before, oh, that word's a little too weird. But other times, that's somebody's favorite line in a song. One of my interns, I think, asked me about that, about words that you can say or you can't say or whatever. And, of course, they're not going to drop an F-bomb on country radio. And you got to be real careful about what you say in CCM or gospel or whatever. But other things are just weird words. Like I had a Randy Travis cut, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but we use the word spork in the song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it was about going to KFC after church and you put that spork back down because we got to pray. And a spork, a little plastic spoon fork. And my co writer and I went round and round, like, I don't, man, I don't know if people know what that is. I'm like, I think they do. And it's KFC, it's appropriate, and it's a funny song, and it's a weird word. I love it. And so we yeah. went around the <laughs> office and we did an informal poll of people that worked there, like, hey, so yeah. You know what a spork is? Yeah, a little spoon for KFC. Like, thank you. And I ended up winning that debate. <laughs> we demoed but you it went down spork. that road. You went down that road yeah. to make sure. Yeah. We demoed it with spork. And when Randy cut it, he was he was worried that people wouldn't know what spork was. And he made it fork. So we changed it back. So I was oh. so disappointed. But he's the Hall of Famer, <laughs> so he's probably right. But I had people at the label tell me, they're like, oh, I couldn't believe you changed that. It's my favorite line in the song was spork <laughs> it's compelling you yeah. might hate it you might be you probably not you shouldn't be confused by it really everyone should know what it is 
but it was a reactive line. So some people's favorite I'm from line, Wisconsin, and I know what a freaking spork is, but exactly. I think probably more people in the South understand spork than the oh, North, but I knew what spork was. Exactly. So you know. That was a pussy move. Like, he, <laughs> he could have he left it in there. <laughs> uh, no. but it got cut by a bluegrass act, the Lonesome River Band, uh, a few years later, and, and they cut it off the demo, and they said spork. So thank you, Brandon uh, Rickman. Nice. Yes. So I was like, okay, at least at least that version got out there. <laughs> so yeah, don't be afraid to go for some of those because again, like that, they end up taking it out. But other people are like that was my favorite line in the song because you said spork. All right, man. Big risk, big reward. We're taking a swing here. We're taking a swing. Yeah. So anyway, back to phrasing. You got to practice on phrasing. Like read other people's lyrics. Just songs that you know. You kind of know the rhythm too. Like I was doing with Piano Man and some of that other stuff, like Cruise read their lyrics you know you have the melody the kind of the rhythm in mind because you know the song but just practicing reading it I'm like oh okay this oh, is that's how a really good idea out. you could do that and first of all there's about a million apps on your phone that will create a metronome right mm-hmm. or a little drum loop and four four or three four time like a triple meter or a four four time and some of those songs that you're doing research on that you were talking about, mm-hmm. your market research, right? Go and read those lyrics when you know what the kind of meter is. The meter is, yeah. And then and because you're familiar with the song, like without singing it, just read it to the rhythm of it and then play that. I think if you did that a lot, like if you did that for maybe five minutes a day, right? Yeah. Or 10 minutes a day for a couple of weeks, all of a sudden you get like really, you just start to develop this intuitive sense of rhythm rhythm that I bet I know I don't bet I know a lot of aspiring songwriters don't have because they haven't gone down that road yet and so they're writing it like prose or a poem or a different kind of thing or just words and because they don't like I I don't really hear melody but I'm hearing so much more just the more I do this more maybe not melody like up and down but I side to side you know like I played drums in junior high and high school and mm-hmm. it's like, can you read music? No, I can read it side to side, but not up and down. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can read like quarter notes, and eighth notes, and sixteenths, but I'm not doing uh-huh. like minors and majors and scales and stuff. No, I just beat things. But that's helpful. So I, I'm hearing more, not on everything, but some rhythm and some stuff to the words because I'm writing it with a flow. So that's important. The more you can do that, the more it's going to help your co-writer put a melody on it, for one thing. Like it has its own built-in kind of rhythm if you do it well and so when you read it to them you read it to them with the rhythm and they can kind of hear what you're saying and how you say it and like oh, okay okay and they can start adding notes and chords to it mm-hmm. you're setting them up for success you'll be easier to work with you already have more of it developed you're bringing in some rhythm already yeah and also to go with that develop strong structure like i've run into this somebody's first line of verse one Verse one, line one, will have a three bounce kind of meter. Sing us a song tonight. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So that's like line one, verse one. Then line one, verse two is that, baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my window down. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> these cannot Can we have just change time signature? So yeah, we'll have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I'm reading it, pretending you don't know the melodies, right? How am I going to put the same melody to these two lines? Yeah. These don't fit together at all. Yeah. Shows you have some work to do. When that happens, that happens. That stuff runs across my desk on a pretty regular basis. We're like, you got to work on your phrasing and kind of a a simplistic way to do it is to count syllables. 
Again, it's not about syllables. We don't count syllables. The syllables don't have to be the same. But until you get that sense of rhythm, it's kind of a crutch Mm -hmm. just to count syllables to go, oh, wow, this has five syllables. And, the you know, because your verses need to have the same melody in general. Right. So your melody line on verse one is going to be the same as your melody line on verse two. So therefore, if you can keep those syllable counts the same in parallel lines, you know, verse one, line one, have the same kind of bounce and rhythm as verse two, line one. And verse two, mm-hmm. line two will be different from line one, maybe, but it needs to match verse one, line two. So all the way down, it's hard to talk about, but it's yeah. if you study it, you'll notice like, oh, these lines. But it's like, so you said when you're counting syllables. Yeah, when you're, when you're talking about counting syllables, it's like when you first learn to tie your shoes, it's Chinese math. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Chinese algebra. You're like, what? It takes all this concentration. You got to learn how to mm-hmm. do it. But now it's become such a system two kind of thing for your brain that you don't even remember tying your shoes this morning because you had five other things going on right. inside your head that you were thinking about. And you didn't even need to look to do it. You just sort of intuitively no, the muscle memory knows how to do it. So I yeah. think that's the... So I'm um, not counting syllables. At this point, I'm just counting the bounce, the rhythm. There may be a pickup, so it's a little different syllable count of this line than that one. But the bounce of the where the words are emphasized falls in the same place. So I'm like, you can sing the same melody over these two lines. Right. Even if the syllables are a little bit different. But if you need a crutch, get and going. Syllable count's a, a good way to start looking at that, to get it fairly in shape. And, of course, that only counts syllables. It doesn't count where the emphasis is on the syllables, which is more right. about the but emphasis. It can start the emphasis on the – we want to put the emphasis on the right syllable. The right? wrong syllable. So <laughs> you, want to, you want to do that. So structure, too, has to do with rhyme scheme. So you want to keep your rhyme schemes consistent from one verse to the next. So the rhyme scheme that you have in the verse may not be the rhyme scheme you have in the course. That's fine. Oftentimes you do want to change those up and maybe a different one for the bridge. They can be the same. They might be different. But the rhyme scheme for verse one needs to be the same as the rhyme scheme for verse two. And you probably don't need more than two verses. (laughs) But if you have a third one, same thing for there. As you get more advanced, then you can tweak and you can play a little bit. But you just need at the beginning just go, these are the same. (laughs) You know, this is the same rhyme scheme. And also, if you have internal rhymes, that can help your lyric to flow and be more interesting because uh, you, you're just giving that ear candy with the internal rhymes. But focus on the end of lines right now, and then you can start putting in internal rhymes as extra Easter eggs and candy for that. So all that stuff you get from studying lyrics in your target market. So if you print off some lyrics in your target market that you love, man, I used to get like different color highlighters and highlight where the different rhymes fell. Mm. And I would, you know, maybe get another one and you underline or you circle the images. And then pretty soon you're seeing like, oh, man, they got images all throughout this thing. And here are the rhyme schemes. And it's, oh, it's the same in verse one and verse two. Look at that. Not an, not another bad way to to do, again, going back to doing your market research, right? And pulling the lyrics up from a song that's out there, print them off and do that too. Yeah. You know, dissect that with the highlighted markers and where the rhyme schemes are, mm-hmm. circle the imagery, and then take that sheet and put that next to your last song that you wrote. Exactly. And highlight the How same many circles stuff, are there know. on this side? And how does that compare just aesthetically with highlights mm-hmm. in the circles? Boy, that would be telling, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Especially, I mean, over time, if you get, I guess you would call it st- statistically significant sample size. Like you do one hit song and then one of your songs. Well, 
yeah, there are going to be some differences. That doesn't mean that's all your songs can be built like that one song. But if you do that over time, you'll start seeing patterns and stuff. You know, it's over time. It's not science, but there is a science to it. It's art, but there's still a science to it. You know, with rhyming and rhythm and stuff. Yeah. Well, just like guitar. I mean, there is music is it's math, artistic right? use of math. Yeah, because it's there are intervals that are happening there that are very specific and you can make them a little unspecific to make it work, you know, make a desired effect. Yeah. 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 And so you can bend and make it a little dissonant, bring it back. It's like, you can be very artistic, but it still needs to be in tune. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can be artistic all you want, but it needs to be tuned. There are different tunings. Yeah. But you need to pick one. <laughs> you know, like, pick one. You can't have three of the strings in this tuning and three of the strings in that tuning. Right, in just, this unless you're extremely good. <laughs> I've seen people play that I have like two capos going on and alternate tuning. Like, okay, but you just know how to play in your standard tuning. Pick one. That G yeah, needs st- to be step one. Step, step one. one. <laughs> you need to learn that. Okay, so it's an art, but it's backed by really by science. We want to hear rhymes. Why? We're programmed to hear rhymes. It feels complete. So the other thing is develop how words or pay attention to how words sing. So study songs and you'll see that some sounds are good for like big notes, like a big hold a note. Some aren't. Bowels. Yeah. You want to become a student. Some words just sing better than others. O sounds sound great at the end of lines. Oh, it's a note you can hold, right? Versus like an E may sound thinner and not as strong. Or if it's like, do you want to hold out the word crunch with the big chew on the end? Like, I don't know how the world that's going to sing. So that's conversations we have. And as you study lyrics, you'll start finding out, oh, these different sounds sound good on big notes or the end of a line versus... Just all that kind of stuff. Like if you sing the word happen and that comes at the end of a line, well, that's probably internal line that's moving on to something else or not going to be a big note that you're going to hold up. Happen. It's like there are different ways to do it. And in general, you'll kind of get some some sense of like what's going to sing well, what's not. And again, that's setting that co-writer up for success to go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Go ahead. Go down that road for a second. <clears throat> One of the things I learned – Remember, I told you I claw my way to middle management in the vocal department. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound so ridiculous to climbers. But for those of you who are lyricists, maybe specifically, mm-hmm. and don't sing, and for some of you singers out there who are trying to claw your way to middle management, oh, like yeah. I did, you almost never sing a note on a consonant. Mm. Right? So the trick for me to learn how to sing better... You want to have a good vowel movement. ...was to... To pick the yeah, to pick the vowels, right? And mm. then you've got to find where you're gonna resonate that vowel in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And so the A, the ah sounds kind of right on the roof of your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And the O is, is a little farther forward in your mouth. Now mmm is something that we sing, right? Um-bop. And that's my wife love that which yeah, is mm-bop. and so mm-hmm. microphone wise, you learn to put that vibration, like you're gonna resonate that in front of your teeth. You can resonate in mm, behind your teeth or in front of you. When you do it in front of your teeth, the mic just comes alive with that. And it's like mmm. And it just sounds better. But you know, you can't try to sing a K, you know, k- right. <laughs> or ch. So when somebody would sing happen, they're not going to sing the N as much as they're going to sing the A, A. or the E, right? Ha, right. And diphthongs, 
that's the singer's choice, right, yeah. on the diphthong, because A is two vowel sounds, isn't it? It's A and E, A. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'm going to take it or I'm going to take it, you know, and yeah. like, where are you going to put that? So when you're talking about singing, if you don't know that as a singer, that could be really helpful. I think maybe for lyricists to remember mm-hmm. that where's the vowel at and how is that going to sing? Because it's going to be on a vowel that they're going to sing it. Right. So like orange, right. that can go in your verse, but you may not want to end your verse with, well, for one thing, it's really hard to rhyme orange, right? But Bless your Eminem. Is something you hold out? <laughs> is that going to be a worthy hold out? Is that, oh, that's our big note right there, that line, orange. You're like, how does the crap is that going to sing? It's just studying <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. So it's super important. The more you can learn that stuff, the more you're going to be able to bring in a lyric that a singer or a melody writer can go, oh, I can work with this. So much of it is laid out for yeah. me. You've laid out the map and the stuff is going to yeah. work. Great. And they're going to want to work with you. Because you get that, because you're intuitive on that. And so if you can understand them. Exactly. You're making it easier on them. You bring in a fresh, compelling idea, title, and it's structured in a way that makes sense and is appropriate for the market and is built to sing. Awesome. I don't have to totally tear down this second verse because it bears no resemblance to the first verse. And we got to have that conversation. (laughs) Oh, they, right. they match up. Sweet. All I do is write one verse melody. I don't have to write a completely different melody for the different verse. Right. So that's how you can build the lyric. But the other thing is, how do you find the co-writers? Because some people may be like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm great at lyrics, but I can't find the co-writer. So I just want to share as we finish up some great places to find those co-writers. There we so, go. Okay. First of all, who to find? Who do you want to find? You want to choose a co-writer that has compatible goals. Right? Because if you want to write pop songs to get used in Coca-Cola commercials. Mm-hmm. But this person writes, like, I like to write 1945 banjo music. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they may be really good at that, but it's probably not going to end up in a Coke commercial or That's in right. a workout yeah. commercial. Like, I want to be in a Peloton commercial. I'm going to have my song when people are high energy, and you're like, well, I have to play the banjo pretty fast, I guess. But you want to find co-writers who have compatible goals. So that's a big thing because you're aiming at the same target. You want to write country hits? Well, good. They want to write country hits. Now, they may be interested in what you have to bring to the party. So that's who you want to find. Where do you find them? Join the climb community. Have we mentioned that this episode? Join the climb community. (laughs) We have places where people can post music, post their work. And like on Music Monday, if you don't have a full sound recording, that's fine, man. You can post your lyrics. You can post just lyrics under there. We have... The Songwriting Pro Facebook group also does that. We have U-Day Tuesday. We have Feedback Friday. The Songwriting Pro membership, I'm going to give us a plug for the membership, is a great place to find co-writers. We also have a private Facebook group where you can share your work. We have the site where you can share your work and give feedback, so lyric only or lyric and melody. So you can connect with people there. You can private message them on the site. But another big thing we do every month is we have a co-writer cafe. And so we have one Mm -hmm. coming up actually tonight at this recording. So we do a jam session, which is first, which stands for just ask me. Cause you know how I like the Baxter names. And so it's like mm-hmm. my office hours for an hour. I'll speak on a topic for like 10 minutes. And then they just ask me their questions for the rest of it. We record it. It goes in the member area, but the members get to kind of hang out with each other where they're asking questions. You get mm-hmm. a sense of who people are, what they're about. And then right after that, we roll into a co-writer cafe, which is not recorded, but I break the writers up into small little breakout rooms for 10 or 12 minutes each, They're like three or four people in a room and they just get to know each other. 
Then I bring them all back in and we shuffle the deck. We send them back out to meet with a couple different people. And we do that once a month uh, for an hour. And it's your chance to get FaceTime online with people from all over the world. And co-writes are coming out of that. Friendships are being formed. So that's a way to find some people to write with. And so we have lyricists in the group and we have melody writers in the group. We have all kinds of stuff. We have got all the flavors. So that's where some places you can find all them. of them. Songwritingpro.com. So check that out. So another thing to do is to find those people. You got to be willing to show your work. You got to p- be willing to put your lyrics out there for people to take a look at. I think the client community yep. is a safe place to do that on like a music Monday or if you post, Hey, share your work, that sort of thing or on your own socials. And then we have social share in the climb community. So you can post your links to your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, whatever you got, or to your website. But you got to be willing to share your show. Your yeah. work. You can't hold it so tightly. Like I got great lyrics. I can't show anything to you, but we should work together. No, no, we probably shouldn't because I have no <laughs> sense that you're actually any good. You know, the more tightly people hold their stuff, yeah, it, just just anything, it just sounds unprofessional. Like they, they just don't know what's up yet. So yep. you got to be willing to show your work. It might be, hey, these are songs I've written the, in the past with people. So they have full melodies. So they're completed songs or sharing in different groups and different settings. You got to be able to share your work. So people may find it go, oh, that's really cool. Um, what's another thing? You know, when we post the, the uh, song title challenges in the Facebook group, in the climb community, you know, how would you write this one? Mm-hmm. Well, pop on there. Tell us some of your thoughts on angles. You come up with some cool thoughts we didn't think of. You're going to get some other people's attention. Oh, that's a really cool idea, Brad. Whatever. And that's yeah. a way to start yeah, making yeah, yeah. a connection. Uh, and the last they're thing. They're going to reach out and be like, hey, this is good. This yeah, is cool. cool. Yeah. Right. Also, you want to be a fun co-writer. And some just quick ways as we're finishing up here. You want to be flexible, meaning, hey, and that's why I tell everyone when I bring in a lyric, I may bring in a verse and a chorus or a chorus lyric or something. I'm like, this is scratch. It's all subject to change, but this gives you an idea of the vibe and the vision of it. And sometimes we'll keep a lot of it, but I want to go, hey, you don't have to write a melody that fits over these lines as they are exactly right. I expect there will be changes, but I'm just giving you a sense of the vibe so you can catch Mm -hmm. the vision that I have for this thing. And then we can dig in and we can work stuff. So be flexible. That t- kind of takes pressure off them to go, oh, man, I can't change anything. All of a sudden, that's pressure. If you're like, dude, it's it's flexible, let's play. But they love the vision of it, then that's exciting and takes some of the pressure off. You also want to accept feedback and changes if they think, oh, I think this line here, you know, it's got too many syllables. Can we shorten it up? Or uh, I'm, I don't get this. I don't like how you said this. Or I don't understand it. Hey, you want to be gracious. You want to accept feedback, potential changes, that kind of stuff. You want you want to be playing the sandbox well with others, right? It's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So if you invite them yep. in to your house to live in your house for that song, for that idea, you got to let them vote on where to put the couch. Because if you're going to say, let's be roommates yeah. in this house, <laughs> don't be mad if they want to rearrange some of the furniture. Because you say, for this song, we will yeah. own this song together. This will be our song. So yeah, you have a say on what, hangs that's a good way of putting it (laughs) and the last thing is give mad respect to the melody don't be like a suck up yes person on that but melody is usually important if it doesn't sing it won't get sung you want your songs to sing well so a singer will want to sing them so as we talked about the consonant sounds or the vowel sounds how certain words sing i'm way more about that than i used to be like hey does that sing well is that 
do we need to change that up? Either syllable counts or the rhythm, the bouncing, the, the sound of the word. Is there a different word? And sometimes it comes out to you, oh, you like this word or that word? I'm like, whichever one sings better. Like, which, which one rolls off your tongue better? Go with that one. Because once we said what we need to say, if they both say the same thing, get the point across, mm-hmm. what sings better? You're the singer. Does that yeah, sound better? Different. Does that sing better? Go with that one. Because I want it to be singable. Uh, the melody has to be great. And the vibe has to be right. I'm not going to kill that for the sake of my lyric, which is so precious to me. No, this is a complete song. It's lyric and melody. And if anything, I'll sacrifice a little bit of lyric for the sake of a great melody, because that's most of what people are going to hear. Now, I'm confident in my ability Mm -hmm. that we'll be able to say what we need to say in a cool, compelling way, lyrically, because I have faith in my abilities and my co-writer's abilities. So, yeah, I'll scratch something. I'll kill my babies. You know, lyrically... If it's for the sake of a killer melody, because you know what? We can make it work. We can make it work, but that melody, that's really, that's what most people are going to hear. They're not ever really going to know what you're talking about. So I'm not going to sacrifice a great melody for. Yeah, they're happy to sing a melody with the different, their own damn lyrics to it. Oh, yeah, exactly. How many songs do you love? You have no idea what you're talking about, or you get lines wrong, whatever. But how many songs do you sing in your head that you don't really like the melody? (laughs) <laughs> but you like the lyric. Yeah, yeah it's not, none. Got to yeah. give mad respect to the melody writer. Okay, so that's what I had to say. Say one of my longer episodes, I guess. Yeah, that's killer though. There's a lot of information. There. Well, hopefully, really technical and, and and digging deep to help folks out. So let us know what you think. We'll post this in the climb community. Let us know your thoughts. If you have other thoughts, like hey, as a melody writer, this is something I love when the lyricist brings in, or if you're a lyricist, say this is what works for me, or I have further questions. Hit us up in the comments when we post this. Or just hit us up, just make your own post and ask us questions. We'd love that. If you're interested in joining the next Co-Writer Cafe, uh, we have one coming up. We do it every month. Then songwritingpro.com, just there's a link to join the community and find out more. You can you can do that at songwritingpro.com slash inside to find out more about the Co-Writer Cafe and the other stuff we have going on so you can be part of a community of other writers. And lastly, I want to give you something for hanging out with us for almost an hour now have a free ebook. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It just gathers some of the lessons I've learned over the past bunch of years in the music business now. And you can get that at songwritingpro.com slash gift. Songwritingpro.com slash gift. Just tell me where to send it. I email it to you. It's a PDF. It's an easy read. It's not like a novel or anything, but try to be packed with information for you. Useful information. And that's it. That's what I got. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, it brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you join the Climb community. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200. Hopefully, it's five stars, but we'll read it even if it's one. We've had those. Yeah, we had a couple. And then finally, tell a friend about it. That's the big deal. Tell a friend. Let them know that you're spending this kind of time on this and that there's got to be a reason to do it because maybe we can help them too. So this podcast exists. Why? Because we want you to win. So keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.